Hello, Hope. God is good. All the time? All the time? Amen. I wanted to say that every, every time we gather together. As, I, as you come and worship God together, I come with a little bit of heavy heart. I come before you. Let's come to God in prayer as we hear what God is saying to us. Father God, we come in the name, great, beautiful name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Oh, we thank you, God, for your grace and mercy. We thank you for the joy and salvation that is in Christ Jesus. We draw near this day, God, to look to you, to honor you, to worship you, God. Lay our lives before you and, and declare your goodness and mercy, that you will fill us with your nearness. You will meet us, you will speak to us, God. So we ask today, you will meet us here. You will speak to us here, God. Father, we ask your nearness and presence. Father, I ask you to use me for your glory and honor. Let your word come in power, grace, and compassion. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. I come before you this morning, uh, as you come and as you worship, uh, I just want to let you know that this week I've been in prayer. And most of you know our nation has been in, in difficult time this whole week, still reeling and still uh, um, struggling and, and, and processing of what happened in Minneapolis almost two weeks ago with George Floyd. I don't know about you, I took time to go before God in midst of all the chaos going on. Spent some time in prayer before God. I feel like I had an Isaiah 6 moment where Isaiah went before God in temple to pray because the nation was in trouble. The king Uzziah who reigned over the nation for many years. Good king. Passed away and difficulty and enemies are on, uh, on the horizon in midst of difficult, fearful times. He came before God and lay before God his troubled heart. And he saw God seated on the throne. He saw angels flying and declaring God's holiness and greatness. In midst of the year, an encounter with God. He saw the wickedness and brokenness not only in the nation but also in him. He met with God. God's, God touched his uh, lips with the fire from the altar and cleansed him. God spoke to him and saying, who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I, send me. I feel like I had a moment like that this week. I came before God in prayer. God, our nation is in trouble. Our nation is in trouble. We need you as I come before God. What God did was God took me to, and took me to the one of the most familiar places in the Word of God. And God revealed his heart toward us. God to me, for our nation, for us as a people of God. The title of today's message is The Greatest Commandment. The text is from uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 29 and 30 to 37. What you find is in, in this text is, uh, is that... Uh, uh, a lawyer or the biblical scholar comes, came to Jesus and tried to test him by saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? 
And, and the man and the biblical scholar responded correctly and rightly. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus responded to him saying, and he said to him saying, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. And the story goes on where this uh, biblical scholar, the lawyer says to justify himself, and who is my neighbor? This is, this is the background of the, the greatest commandment Jesus gave. In Matthew, same story, same account is told in this way. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Yet Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with your soul, with all your mind. And this is the great and foremost commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Jesus says, told, told the man, the, the greatest commandment is the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength. And the second, the second is like it, which is love your neighbor as yourself. Not only is it the greatest, greatest command, the, the, as the lawyer, the biblical scholar said, how do, I, how do I receive the eternal life? It relates to our life in God. To expand all this, Jesus told a very familiar story. You know, there's a, some, there's sometimes a story or picture or even video Short clip of it may bring everything into focus. I don't know about you. I watched that video of death, the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis. I don't know about you watching that. It broke my heart. And that picture, the scene stuck to my mind. Let me go, let, let me go on. Jesus to illustrate it, to illustrate and make strong point of, of, about this commandment, he told a parable, a story with a teaching, the biblical truth. And Jesus told the story by saying, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers. This man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he met robbers. And they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead, that he would die. There was a man in need. Jesus told the story about a man in need. This man, you do not know who he is, but he met robbers on the, and he was beaten. He was, everything was taken. He was left there to die. A man was in dying in pain. And Jesus went told a story saying, and by chance a priest was going down on the same road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He walked away. A priest. Let me, let me stop here and just explain the story a little bit. As this, as this priest, probably the holiest man of whole of Israel, and one who is one who 
worships God, want to bring sacrifices to God, want to bring sacrifices to God for the sins of the people to be forgiven. If anyone was to reflect the heart of God, the grace of God, it was the priest. This priest saw the man dying on the road. And when he saw him, he walked the other side and walked away. He saw the man in need. He walked away, he ignored him. He stayed silent. I don't know about you, the question rises in me, why? Why this holy man? Why this man who worshiped God in God's presence, who knows the word of God, who knows God's word, and comes and sees a man who is in need and dying, and he walks away? Why does he do that? Jesus goes on to tell the story and say, there was before I go on, I like to I just stop and think about this a little bit. If, he, if this priest went Jerusalem worshiping God and doing all these things, what did him being in God's presence do for him? I don't know, but something is not right. This man, this person, the priest, holy one, man in Israel, he worshipped God, and after worshipping God, he on the way saw a man in need, he walked away. Did, did his worship before God do anything for him? Think about that. The story goes on, and then a Levite. Levite is the one who serves for the temple. He is the one who works for the temple, for the uh, serving of the God's work in, in the temple. It says, likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. He walked over. Actually, in NLT, says in this way, a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there. But he also passed by on the other side. At least here, it seems to say that at least this guy stopped and looked a little bit, but yet he chose to walk away. I don't know about you. The question still lingers. Why? This is the man who serves God. This is the man who works for the kingdom of God. This man walks away. Why? What is serving God to do to this Levite? How did it affect his life? How did it affect his life? See, I see there's a disconnect, this dissonance where the faith, the worship, and their life didn't match. The faith not lived out is just a religion. Faith not lived out is just a religion. They played at church, but it does not affect the way they lived. How about you? How about you? How about me? Then Jesus goes on to tell a story. And most uh, people would expect, and Jesus mentioned about the priest and the Levite, that he would maybe make mention of a normal, common lay person. But Jesus does something different. But a Samaritan. Jesus says here, but a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him. And when he saw him, he felt compassion and came to him and bandaged up his wounds. 
and pouring oil and wine on him and put him on his, don- on his beast, a donkey, and brought him to the inn and took care of him. Jesus said, third person came by, was not the priest, was not the Levite, actually was not just anybody, actually a Samaritan. Samaritans one who was hated by the Jews. There was tension, racial tension between Jews and Samaritans. Samaritans are seen as half-breeds, mongrel people. Historically, there was a huge antagonism be- between Jews and Samaritans. They hated each other. He was not, we do not know whether he's a religious person or not. Surely he was not a religious professional. But he saw a man in need. He felt something, compassion. The other two didn't. He felt something in him. Something rose up in him and it troubled him. He, he felt in his side of compassion and he felt the person's pain. The stirred, moved in heart. And he said on the, on the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And whatever more you spend when I return, I will repay you. When I look at, look at this man, he felt something. He had compassion for that man. He did something. Compassion. Let me read. His energy says, Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them and put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of them. You see, Compassion is a special word he's used. Splekanitzomai in Greek. And in, in New Testament, it's about 17 times it is used, especially for Jesus. Especially for Jesus, how he, his heart was moved. One of the, good, one of the amazing stories that s- speaks of this compassion is in Mark chapter 1, Jesus comes across a, a um, leper, and a leper came to Jesus, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him. And said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He says, Jesus moved with compassion. He was stirred in his heart for this man. And he stretched out his hand and touched him. And said, and stretched out and touched him. And said, I am willing. Be cleansed. You see, this leper those days, nobody would touch the person because they were worried about catching the disease dreaded disease, and people shunned this man, and, and this type of person probably never had anybody touching him for days and maybe weeks and years. Jesus felt compassion for him and touched him. Compassion is more than feeling. Let me ask, do you feel the pain? Do you see the pain? Do you hear the groanings? I don't know, I don't know when I don't know how I find myself. Maybe as I'm getting older, I find myself not as feeling as much as I ought, not moved by the things I see. Maybe because I'm bombarded with so many stories outside, out there, and I get numbed. I don't feel as I should. I don't, my heart do not 
can move as much as I should. And also, I'll go on. So, uh, compassion fears something. And, and compassion not, not only fears, but does something. You know, you know, there is a song that I love. One of the songs that we used to sing many, many years ago. And I'm in, the, in the chorus, the bridge says, Heal my heart and make it clean. Open my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Break my heart for things that break, your, break yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. As I walk from earth into eternity. We sang the song with you. And sang in our church many times. And, and, and the compassion. This is what the Samaritan had that other two didn't. He felt something for them. He saw the pain. Heard the pain. Felt the pain. One of our sister's missionary, Lana Vesquez, she went to Thailand, a short visit, and she heard the groaning and the cries of those children, trafficked, broken, and she couldn't leave the place. She spent last 18, 19 years because she heard the groaning, she heard the cry, she heard the, saw the pain. Do you see the pain? This Samaritan, Felt the pain. Felt the pain. Had compassion on the man. Not only that, not only that, compassion does something. He was on a journey. He was on a probably business trip. Probably he was a you know, well-to-do guy. He has his own donkey where the other two walk. He had donkey and he had wine and oil with him. He probably was comfortable. And he was on a journey, probably on a business journey. But he saw that man dying. And in front of him, he stopped his plans. It's inconvenient. He stopped. He had all the reasons to walk away. He had all the reasons to walk away, but he didn't. He, does, he did something. He came near. He bandaged the wounds. He poured oil and wine on him. He put him on his donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. And not only that, he took out his money. Two denarii is two days' wages. He, I don't know how much you make, maybe four, five hundred dollars at least. And he gave the money to the innkeeper. Please take care of him. If then you spend any more money, when I come back, I'll, I'll give it to you. See, compassion does something. Isn't this what our Lord Jesus Christ did for us? He saw us in need. He saw us broken and sinful. We were we hopeless. We had nowhere to go. That our Lord Jesus saw us, heard our cry. He drew near, came to us, became one of us. He taught us, healed us, and showed us the Father. He walked with us. He served us. He humbled himself and served us. He considered us important enough to die for us. He is God. He was son of God. He was God. He paid the price to save us and rescue us. He shed his blood, poured out his blood for our sake. Not because we deserved it, but because we needed it. Because he loves us. He had compassion for us. Because he, and he loved us as himself. This is the gospel. This is the gospel way. 
This is a kingdom way. This is the heart of God. God was taking me this, and to that, the core of the gospel. When I was praying and considering the issues and things that we are going. <coughs> Sorry. I'm getting excited here. Just toss the water to uh, dry myself a little bit. As I was praying before God, I was worried about our nation. Riots everywhere. Yes, there are a lot of, there are a lot of uh, quiet you know, and, and peaceful protests, but there are riots, a lot of chaos going on. People are anxious and worried, and a lot of our friends and brothers and sisters, black brothers and sisters are fearful and anger and everywhere. In the midst of all that, I, I went before God and worried and anxious and prayed before God. God took me to the core of the gospel. God took me to his heart. He said, God said, when you see a one who is pain and dying, do you have pain? Do you have compassion for them? Do you feel for the old? Or will you walk away? Will you ignore? Be silent. Will you walk by the gospel? He, he, you see, he did not ignore. He was not silent. Jesus was, did something. Compassion does something. Compassion does something, doesn't it? Not only that compassion caused something. Not only did he spend time, he even spent his money. In the case of our Lord Jesus, compassion meant giving, even giving up his life for us. Compassion caused something. Surely it will cause our convenient ease. Compassion feels something, does something, cause something. You see, compassion demonstrates who we are in God. Who we are becoming more like. Compassion reveals who we belong to. Compassion reveals who is in us. Compassion reveals who we are becoming more like. You see, then Jesus goes on. and doesn't stop there with the stories. He goes on to say, which one of these two, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor? To the man who fell into the robber's hands. The man, the, the biblical scholar, the lawyers, he didn't want to even name the guy. He says, the one who showed mercy toward him. He didn't want to say Samaritan because he had probably racism right here. And he's the one who showed mercy. It's Jesus is not only asking him, asking us, who proved Proved to be a neighbor to the world, those hurting. What God, what God, what God was speaking to me was, when you see pain and those hurting, those are dying around you, do you see their pain? What are you doing? How are you feeling? What are you saying? And Jesus said, then go and do the same. Go and do. Go and do this. Remember what Jesus said, Jesus, the question, original question was, right? What should I do to inherit eternal life? Go and do the same. This is the greatest commandment. You see, the word of God says, 
First John 3, 16 to 18, it says, We know love by this, that we lay, he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the word's good and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in and truth. Apostle John, led by the Spirit of God, says, we ought to live as Christ lived. Love with deed and truth. And so, you know, you know the word, John 3, 16, God so loved the world, not just you and me, the whole world, all the peoples on the earth. He gave his one and only begotten son. This is the gospel that God so loved all the peoples, both white and black, yellow, red, whatever the color, whatever the black. God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only begotten son. So whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is the gospel, isn't it? This is, the, this is what God, our God's heart is like. In Galatians 3, it says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor freeman, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I'll tell you, I'll be very honest with you. I say I am a religious man. I say I'm a worshiping man. I say I'm a praying man and say I love God. When I, when I came before God in prayer in my weariness before God, God showed me, revealed to me my heart. Was I like the priest and the Levite who saw the man in dying and I walked around? Was I silent? Was I, did I ignore it? Did I forget it? Did I not, didn't hear the pain? Did I walk away? I had to really do a lot of soul searching in my heart. I want to say something that I should have said a long time ago. I'm ashamed to say it has been this long to say this. Black lives matter. Of course black lives matter. Any thinking person knows that all lives matter. No one is saying only black lives matter, but right now, there's a portion of our community frustrated, hurting, and suffering. As a Christian, as a child of God, agreeing with God's heart, we say today, I say today, we, have, we should have said it a long time ago that black lives matter. All lives matter. That is why we are saying black lives matter. Until, we, until, until all lives equally matter we will affirm and say, black lives matter. I don't know, when I saw the video, I was so moved and not only grieved, not that of the, the white officer, his knee on the neck of that George Floyd dying. Eight minutes, eight plus minutes. He's screaming, asking, I cannot breathe. And he was calling his mama. And I saw another officer right next to him, Asian descent, 
standing, actually guarding anybody, saying something, and, you know, and, and standing, doing nothing. It etched in my mind. When I see pain, as a, when I see people suffering in this world, would I just stand and walk away? Would I be silent? No. The Word of God says, no. That's not who we are. That's not what I am. I'm a child of God. Heart of God says, no. The greatest commandment is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength, and love your neighbors as yourself. We need to have a compassion for the hurting and all those around. In God, there's neither black or white, there's neither slave or free, there's no male or female, no Greek or Jew, there's none of those. We are children of God. God created all people. God desires all people to come and know Him and find life in Him. If we are not loving our neighbors, I we should. We are not Christians. We are not really, we are, it does not, we are saying that we do not know God at all. It says we do not belong to God because the compassion revealed, demonstrates who we belong to. Compassion de- describes the who is living in me. And I have to repent. Yes, there are many hurting, you know, and, and if brothers and sisters of ours in this nation are hurting, systematically and broken as a Christian, as a child of God, as those who love God need to come and love them, come around and stand with them. That is a gospel way. It's not a, it's not a political issue. It's not a white or black issue. It's a faith issue. Because she's, what God says, what does the Lord require of you? Oh man, to act justly and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6, 8. You see, does my life show God living in me? Does my life show the God living in me? If I see a person broken and hurting, and if I do not, if I walk away, if I am silent, what, what's, what, what is showing is that God is not living in me. Surely the God is not living in me. I need to really look at my faith, look at faith, my, my trust in God. Because that's not my God. My God is not like that. His heart is not like that. Our God's heart, our Father's heart is not like that. Our Father's heart bleeds. He shed His blood for us. He came and died on the cross for us. It's time for us, the church, the body of Christ, to come and say, no longer can we be silent when I see people hurting and dying. It's not okay. This is why Lana, a young woman, wanting to go to Brazil for ministry, but yet was a short time visiting Thailand and heard, heard and saw the plight of young people, young ones who are being trafficked, and she heard the cry and saw the pain. She couldn't leave. She stayed there, and she did something because compassion does something. Do you love God? Do you belong to God? Are you a child? Are you a child, child of God, son and daughter, sons and daughters of God? Why, what, does it show in your life that you love Him? Because racism is wrong. Evil is not with God. We say we are called to love. How? As Jesus did. 
He came, became one of us. He, he even sacrificed himself to die and humbly. We are not saying that, uh, we are not saying in any way that, that, that violence is okay. I'm not saying, we are not saying any of those. We are saying that loving our neighbor meant loving our black brothers and sisters as a family of God. Love as we ought to love. Look what it says. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. The Lord, oh hear Israel, the Lord our God is one and only one Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with your mind, and with your strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. Brothers and sisters, Hope Church, we cannot hide behind our ease and comfort. It's not okay for us to be silent. It's not okay. I'm not saying what to do. What I'm saying is we, if, you, if, you have, if you are in Christ, his compassion in us stirs us up to do something, to learn about what's happening, to be near, hear the cries and see, identify and love and care for. And, and even willing to give our lives for his love and grace. I wanted to let, I need to, we need to make sure that, uh, that we say the lives, black lives matter. Every lives, every life matter. At this time we affirm black lives matter. It's not okay. It's not okay. I found this um, PowerPoint, the pictures, I like it. Jesus said, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. My prayer for us is that we as hope, we are called to be bearers of hope. We are people with the hope of our God. We carry God's heart with us. If there is any affections of Christ, if there is any encouragement in Christ, in the affections of Christ, if there is any fellowship of the Holy Spirit, make my joy complete, Apostle Paul says, by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit. Let us come. Let us come back to our God. The heart of the gospel. The core of the gospel. To walk out in love and grace. Let's take time to uh, uh, pray a little bit, praise God a little bit. And come before God humbly. Let God speak to us. Let God move and stir our hearts and minds.